Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On SEN, The Picks, with David King and Sam Edmund. Yes, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the picks once again. Round five is upon us. Maddie's match going to be magnificent. St Kilda and Richmond under the lead at Marvel Stadium tonight. Sam Edmund back. Great to be back. I might have needed directions, but I'm back for the first time in a while. As I look over at you, you're not David King. You're Craig Jennings. Welcome, Jenno. It's a pleasure to be here. I got a call from Kingy at 12 o'clock today. Where is he? I don't know where he is, but he just asked me to fill in, and uh, then he gave me his tips for the round. But uh, I threw those straight in the bin. I'll be tipping my way. I'm going for underdogs. I'm going for draws and 20-goal wins. (laughs) This is our fifth show tonight on the the picks, you know, the, the show with a difference, tipping with a difference you know Jeno, we've had more shows without the proper lineup than we've actually had with the proper lineup we're a rabble uh, he's a good man kingy but uh, i'm definitely going to be tipping my own way tonight right well we don't know why he's missing i've got a theory i think the man's absolutely rattled now i wasn't here last week as i state but my little birdies have told me my track watchers if you will he was a complete and utter mess when it came to his own side or his former side in north melbourne and adelaide what was going to happen in this game well for those that missed it, have a listen to the flip-flopping of David King last week. So a play-up, the line is minus 19.5 for the Crows. Oh, here we go. Get recording. Yeah, well, I'm getting clipped every week. Aren't I? Look, I'm going to stay fat with them. I mean, I love the place. So 19.5, is, it's a very shallow tip line. Tip with your heart, tip with your head. Well, if you're tipping with your head, you're thinking one goal a quarter. The Crows are probably better than, mm. than the King is for 20 points. I'd expect the line to be 40, to be mm. honest. So nine and well, I'll I'll go the crows minus nine and a half. That's my tip. Can I mean my tips? No. Can I go back to the kangaroos plus nine oh, and a half? Back up. I feel the truck. bad. I feel bad because you've gone one way. You've gone the kangaroos. You've backed them in. Yeah. I'm coming with you. I'm, I'm making a change. Oh my goodness. As the siren sounds at Marble, they were four points behind at the last change, and an eight goal to one final term. We'll see them run out 41 point winners, 16, 13, 109, North Melbourne, 10, 8, 68. Oh, David, 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 what have you done to yourself? It's an absolute circus act, Jenna. I know you're not going to be flip-flopping like this. You are going to be, I can tell already, you're going to be hard. You're going to be straight down the line. Well, my dad was a professional gambler. What? So, yeah, so <laughs> he was actually a card counter at the casino, so he might have been a criminal, but... Um, I'm up against it. <laughs> so that's how I grew up. Um, looking Ca- at the, A card counter? Yeah, he was a, well, he also had some systems on horses and so forth that he passed along, so that's where my strategy sort of side to me in terms of football has really come along. But what it did to... What it did teach me is don't gamble because of, mm. I saw the hours that he put in. You know, he studied the, the the form of or every race result for two years to come up with a horse system. But he his go to was um, making enough money each day counting Jeez. the cards at the Brisbane uh, Casino. Well, if you are going to gamble, of course you do so responsibly. Well, no wonder you you binned his tip straight away when he gave them to you this afternoon. You just back yourself in. Although it must be said to be fair to Kingy, he did redeem himself a little bit later in the program when it came to the Carlton Football Club? I think Carlton will win this, and they may win this well. This this could... Small this, line, minus yeah. two and a half for Carlton. Probably better of the week, really. And there's the final siren. The Navy Blues have come to the Gold Coast. 
and conquered here for the first time since 2018. 9-16-70, Carlton. Suns, 8-11-59. And they did. They got the job done, and Kingy backed them in. The Blues, 2-2, two and two, haven't they? Got a test this week, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, Craig, with... Port Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. The line particularly tight for that one, which is something of a surprise. Before we get into the games, and starting with Maddie's match, some of the big issues of the day. News via Superfooty, the Herald Sun. The banners are back. The banners, which have been missing, obviously, since uh, the grand final of 2019, are back. AFLW Grand Final and men from round six. Oh, that's I didn't realise that for the AFLW Grand Final. That's a great result. Important part of footy and part of our history and culture. So and great for the kids. They love it. Yep, indeed. That is a great result. Although I had I didn't mind the smoke and the music and all that sort of, you know, all that sort of hullabaloo. I'm a little bit more old school. I'm happy yeah. with the banners being back. Uh, good for the cheer squads too, who put a lot of time yeah, and effort true. and there's a lot of passion behind those. Bad news for Melbourne. This guy was really impressive last week. Bailey Fritch has a broken bone in his hand. He's going to be sidelined for two to three weeks. Craig, uh, he's had surgery or he will have surgery. He did it at training. I've been bullish on the D's all year since uh, the, the preseason. and uh, But he is a big loss for it because he's a he's a pretty difficult matchup and he gives them plenty and he's a really good clubman and he, he missed the final over in Perth a few years ago, and I think that really, um, well, clearly disappointed him, which was a good thing, and he's he's really got to work, but he's just such a talented footballer, so that's a bit of a loss, but I'm pretty sure Melbourne are, are going to be just fine without him. The AFL's longest serving, in fact, probably most lauded recruiting boss has taken time away from the club. His name is Stephen Wells, and he's considering his future in the game. It's almost a shock to say this, Craig. He's been there since 1984. He's been of late running list management as well. And we can only assume that he's been just consumed like everyone else by the extra workload without putting words in his mouth. He's taken time away from the club. There is some suggestion he will return to undertake a, perhaps a role of, of, of less serious workload, if that makes sense. But it'd be a real shame if he was lost to the industry. I mean, he is just so respected and, and I mean, it's almost in awe the way people at, at different clubs speak about him and, um, I've only met him a few times, but I've just got the utmost respect for him and everything he's done at that Geelong uh, footy club has been incredible. So I hope everything is okay in that regard. But I, I guess the last 12 months for all of us has allowed us some time to reflect on what's important and, and maybe he's just at a stage in his life when he wants to spend some more time with um, family and, and slowing down a little bit. But it'd be really disappointing to to see him lost from the game, that's for sure. And when you go through, as I have done this afternoon with all the stories and reports on Stephen Wells, of course, the players that he has drafted, yeah. just the stories go on forever and ever. The names that come back the other way, and not just the ones that he's recruited, but the big deals that he's clinched in more recent times as well. Patrick Dangerfield, Jeremy Cameron, Brad Ottens as well. So he's brought in... He's proven to be shrewd mover when it comes to brick. Tim Kelly was another one that he he drafted right under West Coast nose as well. So the list goes on and on. Yeah, when I think about what people say about him, is that he's always fair though. So he's been able to do these great deals, but the dealings with him and people like Jason McCartney, people are always really positive about them and and the way they go about their business. That it's not a win at all cost sort of mindset, and you're you're not trying to get one over people all the time. And and I think people in the industry really respect the way he goes about his business. We're building up. Up a course to Maddie's match, St Kilda Richmond tonight. You can hear it all live on AFL Nation from 7 pm when we leave you. Anthony Hudson, Dwayne Russell, Nick Del Sando in the chair at Marvel Stadium. And it's all thanks to the all new eight seat Hyundai Palisade. It's the SUV for rapidly growing families, it's got advanced tech as well and loads of space. So there'll be no outgrowing this SUV. Go on, take a test drive at your local. 
Hyundai dealer today. So tonight, let's get into this, Geno. St Kilda, Richmond, 8th v 11th on the 40 Winks ladder for a bed that wins every night. Head into 40 Winks. The line, only 13 and a half to Richmond via our friends at PlayUp. How are you reading this one? I think Richmond win by plenty. So I'm a big <laughs> supporter of the Saints. I like the Saints. I like the way they go about it. I like Ratton. I like their planning for games. But I just feel like this year that um, they've been caught out a little bit. And, you know, they turn th- like I didn't see that win coming on the weekend, St Kilda West Coast. But... Um, just some things in the game that have changed, I think, have caught St Kilda unaware. So, you know, one of their strengths last year, their, their point of differences, if you like, is that they the way they moved the footy with such speed. But now everybody's, with the standing, the mark rule, everybody's been gifted that opportunity. Mm. But another thing I'm really interested in is this, the St Kilda scoring profile when I think of the last 12 months is that they love those deep balls into uh, the top of the goal square, high balls coming in, and then they get those crummers to the feet. But those scores have been taken away a little bit, and it's much more about forwards leading up at the footy. And I saw a little bit more of that with King and Membry on the weekend in that last quarter, quarter and a half. So I think it's something they'll be working on. But, you know, Richmond need to get moving, and, and I think this is the perfect game for them. I think they're going to win by a lot. So they get Camden McIntosh back. Daniel Rioli gets a reprieve as well. Prestia and Vlosten are still sidelined. Saints supporters are nervously waiting, I think it's probably fair to say, Geno, to see if Rowan Marshall and or Zach Jones take their spot in the side. So those teams to be confirmed shortly, I think in about 10, 11 minutes time, 20 past six or thereabouts. So we will know more shortly when it comes to St Kilda's final lineup. The Saints got them here last year at this very venue, which probably means two-fifths of bugger all, to be honest with you, Craig. Although they can be a different proposition under the lid at Dockland. So... You're still thinking Richmond and Richmond by, well, well in excess of the line. That's 13 and a half. Yeah, I'm going Richmond by plenty. But it is valid. Certain teams are suited to certain grounds. And you want to be able to play at MCG, play the MCG ground really well because that's where it counts. But, um, yeah, teams are a different proposition at, at different grounds. But that Marshall one is really critical. Nan Curvis, he mm. gets in your into your forward 50 and you need to be able to draw him out with a Ruckman and so forth. And uh, McIntosh from Richmond, like he's a huge, you know, I've heard Kingy tell that story that he looks over to, with, with, he's standing with Dimmer and there's six or seven players in a group and he, he says to Dimmer, which player there is the most important? And he points to McIntosh now. I'm pretty sure Martin wasn't in that group of six or seven, but he's just really highly rated at Richmond for that wing role that he plays and the way he sets up the ground and helps their defenders by getting back into the back 50. I think that line is a tad shallow as well. So I'll take the Tigers to go beyond the 13 and a half points. Friday night is happening out West Optus Stadium, West Coast hosting Collingwood. 8.10 Eastern time. Taylor Adams obviously missing. In fact, he'll miss probably up to 10 weeks with that medial injury. Finn McRae will be Collingwood's third debutant. Levi Greenwood has made the trip west in a sign he could be set to tag Tim Kelly after his successful job on him in last year's elimination final. Alex Witherden will play his first game for his new club. Shannon Hearn obviously out with a calf. And our track watchers this morning, Craig Jennings, uh, tweeted that Mason Cox was running around training with the VFL team. Now, we had no way of establishing that as fact until reports have just come back that, in fact, yes, Mason Cox has not made the trip west. So, Collingwood, do we give them any chance? No, I don't give them any chance. I think West Coast are going to win, and I think they're going to win big. Um, But it's good to see Buckley um, put on the agenda that there will be some changes coming, whether that was off-field or on-field in terms of their training program and so forth. So, I'm not surprised that... 
um, there's been a casualty or two along the way. But what I would say about West Coast, uh, Adam Simpson is a phenomenal coach. And I think in football, there's three types of losses. And the first one is you just lose by, you know, two, three, four goals, just a normal margin, just because you're beaten by a better team on that particular day. It doesn't mean that they're better than you for the rest of the year. Uh, the next type of loss is those ones where you lose by 100. And to me, you just ignore them. They're the psychological ones. If they keep happening, you're going to lose your, your job. But the, there's a certain loss that creates wins for you, and that's the loss when you're four or five goals up and you blow a lead. And those losses hurt so much, and it makes players – it gets their attention, and it makes them really listen into the review during the week. They learn their lessons, and they should come out firing if they've got that hunger in the belly to, to turn the result around. So I think the West Coast loss on the weekend will create more wins going forward, and I think we'll see that tomorrow night. The line is 22 and a half, obviously, West Coast. Uh, just indulge me for a second here, uh, Riddler, and just uh, if I just tell you the pick is in, you know what to play. So, Jenna, you have the Eagles by in excess, well in excess you is know, what you're I telling me. I think they'll blow that 22 by plenty, um, so maybe eight, ten goals. But I respect Collingwood and what they do over there, but I just think that they're a little bit bland and boring at the moment and they need to think a little bit longer term. I'm with you. And you do fear what their week might look like next week if uh, they do get a score line like that. Hey, uh, we need to get to this man, don't we? No, we don't. We need to get to a break first. So we'll take a break here on the pick. Sam Edmund, Craig Jennings with you on the other side of this break. We'll touch base with Peter Spider Everett from our friends at Play Up. And we'll touch base with uh, Spider about what his spider's web looks like for round five. Big news here, Craig Jennings. Two late changes for the Saints. Brings me no joy in, in relaying this information. Jones, Zach Jones, and Marshall, Rowan Marshall, are out of the St Kilda lineup as feared. Luke Dunstan comes in and Hunter comes in as well. Oh. I felt like Richmond were going to win big, but I'm, I'm much more confident now. They are huge losses, aren't they? Particularly because Paddy Rod is not quite ready yet. So Hunter comes in, Luke Dunstan gets a chance in the engine room and Zach Jones and Rowan Marshall are out. Oh, that's, that's a bad blow for the Saints. And Saints supporters, if you're heading to the game tonight. So Ben Long is the sub for the Saints and Jack Ross will be the sub for the Richmond Football Club. Let's move on to our next game, Western Bulldogs and Gold Coast. It's at Marvel. It's at 4.35 Saturday afternoon. Push back to give the AFLW Grand Final some clear air. The line is minus 37 and a half for the Dogs. Caleb Daniels been suspended, obviously, for that dangerous tackle. But Hayden Crozier might have come good in a dose of good timing there. Hasn't played at all yet, given that AC joint injury suffered in the preseason. It sounds like he might come in. Dogs are on the march, though, aren't they, Jenna? Yeah, Caleb's a, um, a bit of a loss. I, I just rate him so highly. Um, but the Bulldogs, for me, I've been very bullish on them for a few years now. I think Luke Beveridge is the most creative and intelligent coach in the game. Um, he, he, he gets the best out of the players he's got. He designs his game style around that. They're the team, you know, we, we spoke earlier today, Sam, around chaos and control. And they're the team that can blend both of those. So they're great in that control game. Anything in the 30-metre radius, they get it done. Um, but they're also good in the chaos, getting the ball from traffic to the outside and, and taking it forward. But they're just really intelligent with their planning and um, great midfield depth. I love the combination of Martin and English. Mm. And for Gold Coast, you know, my expectations were a little higher of them this year, but... What they do do at their best is they make it a real arm wrestle. 
So it can be really hard to break them. But I think Bulldogs at some point in that game, in that afternoon, they'll um, they'll break them now, whether it's in the first half or, or later in the game, I'm not sure. And that margin's pretty big. What was it, yeah. 37 uh, points? So play-ups got it at 37 and a half. Yeah, I think Bulldogs will, will get that done, but there'll be some discomfort there because uh, Gold Coast can make life pretty hard for you. Yeah, okay. So picks in. You reckon the Dogs by more than 37 and a half? I'll take that. I agree too. We are together. We are aligned on that one. Let's go to the Battle of the Bridge, shall we? Sydney, GWS, SCG, same time slot, 4.35 Saturday. Play-up has got the line set for the Swans, minus 14 and a half. Isaac Heaney, sadly out for a couple of weeks with that broken hand. He's on on fault, mind you. James Rowbottom shapes as his replacement, having not been sighted since round one with that knee problem. Dane Rampey. Will also need to be replaced given uh, he broke a finger during training. So you'd think GWS would rest Shane Mumford and get Matt Flynn back in there. Sam Reid will come straight back in as well for Leon Cameron's side, you'd think, after serving that band for the bump on Nat Fife. How are you reading this Sydney Derby? Yeah, this is the most interesting game for me. I'm a big rat for Sydney, as most people are. I love the move of Don Pike. I think he gives great balance to that coaching group. You know, the Sydney DNA has always been around defence, always good in the contest, and he's added that nice offensive and attacking flavour to them. And, you know, they're taking marks inside 50 off the back of that ball movement. Um, I've been a little bit critical of GWS. I really, really like them as a footy club. But, you know, Richmond today have been talking about you need to adjust your game style. They've won their three flags with three completely different game styles now. Um, That might be a little bit far-fetched, but you definitely, in terms of being completely different, um, but there's within a game style, there's different things you need to be able to go to. And I feel like GWS on the weekend, there was a few signs that I thought that they're really starting to adapt and adjust to the new rules this season. The one thing I really did like was Haynes. He's a great intercept defender, but rather starting him as a defender where he's got a direct opponent. He started on the wing mm. and then he rolled back and that was allowed, that allowed him to to free up a little bit. So you've still got your six defenders keeping the forwards in check. You've now got a winger rolling back. The opposition winger usually doesn't follow. And I thought he had a, a good impact early. I love Green's will to win. So I'm pretty bullish on GWS in this one in a bit of an upset. Okay. So if last week wasn't a fluke, then the Giants get within 14 and a half, don't they? And as you suggest, they possibly win it. So uh, Rod, pick is in. So the Giants cover the line for you, and more than that, they go on and get the chocolates. Yeah, I think they can do it three or four goals, so that's well and truly their way. Okay, well, certainly Rampy out and Heaney out is a blow for the Swans. I'm not sure the Giants can win, but I like them to cover the line, giving those outs. And uh, they did just look, I wouldn't say they came back to the pack a bit last week, the, the Swans, but there was probably a good coaching game from Essendon in the end. I just think that game might be particularly tight and that um, that line might be a little bit too extravagant. So I'm going to go for the Giants to cover that off. The teams have just been finalised for tomorrow night's game, or at least named for the West Coast and Collingwood clash, Geno. West Coast have named Alex Witherden. Zach Langdon comes back in as well. Nathan Vardy and O'Neill and the outs. Jones has been omitted. Winder has been omitted. Shannon Hearn, as we know, is injured. Liam Ryan is out injured. And Jack Petrocelli is out as well. For the Pies, the ins. Cameron comes in. Finn McRae comes in as advertised. And Keane is in. The outs, Will Hoskin-Elliott managed. 
Braden Sire omitted, Mason Cox omitted, and Taylor Adams obviously has the knee injury. For what it's worth at this stage, Darcy Moore has been named at centre-half back. <laughs> no, they weren't going to name him at full forward, were they? So we'll wait and see what happens there with the, the Collywood lineup. Uh, but a bit of intrigue over the travelling party there, given uh, Mason Cox and Will Hoskin-Elliott were cited supposedly at VFL training. We're building up to St Kilda and Richmond tonight, live on AFL Nation from 7pm after we leave you the all-new eight-seat Hyundai Palisade is the SUV for rapidly growing families. It's got advanced tech and loads of space. So there'll be no outgrowing this SUV. Go on, get down there, take a test drive at your local Hyundai dealer today. On SEN, The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Well, Kingy's a no-show, unfortunately. We're going beautifully here at The Picks. But Sam Edmund with you, Craig Jennings as well, a more than capable fill-in for D King, who's been pulled away on other duties. Just recapping that big news from just before. Two big late changes for St Kilda, and it's the ones that Saints fans would have feared. Marshall and Jones are out. Dunstan and Hunter come in. The subs are Ben Long and Jack Ross for the Tigers. We're, of course, building up to Maddie's match. You can catch it all live on AFL Nation tonight after we leave you at 7 o'clock. If you are heading to the game tonight, you can listen to the play-by-play coverage live with no delays using SEN Stadium. Now, if you're unfamiliar with SEN Stadium, you're about to have the light turned on on your life. It's on the SEN app. Download it, connect to the Wi-Fi, and click the SEN Stadium tile. Digital radio at the football commentary with no delay. It is absolute genius. Carlton and Port Adelaide, they're going to do battle at the MCG Craig Jennings. It's taking place on Saturday night, 7.25 p.m. The line play-up is five and a half points. Uh, power minus five and a half points, so really tight. Power will be that we will be without their two young guns, of course. Zach Butters, Xavier Dersma, uh, Todd Marshall is likely to come in. Connor Rosie has a bad corky, and there's a watch this space on him. Jack Silvani has gone in for shoulder surgery for the Blues, potentially opening the door for Mitch McGovern to come in after an injury interrupted preseason, and it is sounding as though Zach Williams will return for the Blues. As well, how are you seeing this one? Uh, if Zach Williams comes back, that's pretty powerful for that footy club. Now, I've sort of flip flopped on this one. Uh, I'm in the level four program. Well, you've gone David King style. <laughs> I've, I've gone a Kingy. Uh, I'm in the level four program uh, with David Teague, and he's an outstanding coach. So I feel really supportive of him. Uh, I know what he's trying to get done at that footy club. Uh, so I think they're going to be a good team. They just just working their way through like all teams that come from the bottom and work their way up. Now. Without giving away state secrets with the level four, what, what, because a lot of us spend a lot of time working out what David Teague might actually be like behind. What, what, what makes him so impressive? He knows his footy and he's been at a number of footy clubs. And I feel like when I speak with him, um, there's a bit of Phil Walsh there. So he spent some time with him and he's got that really uh, good balance between the art and science of football. And um, I imagine uh, based on my conversations with him, that he's got great relationships with his players. Now, I had a, an earlier connection with Teague because we are at North Melbourne at the same time. I was a runner and doing some fitness work when he r- arrived at North Melbourne as a young supplementary yeah. list player. And, Shock of blonde hair. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've had a, a long connection and, and uh, I just want him to do really well. And I know that he's a good coach. Uh, and Carlton Footy Club, they've got all the pillars right. They've got a good CEO. They've got a great footy manager. Uh, Nick Austin is the list manager, great fitness coach, and they've got a really strong coach there. And 
Um, you know, like anything, you get better and better as the years go by with your coaching, but he's got so much experience, Teague. So uh, I'm very positive on the blue. So I was going to tip them as an upset, but then the line is only five and a half points. And I was thinking maybe Port Adelaide off the Richmond game mentally and physically fatigued. Um, and I was sort of finding ways, but I need to get that professional gambler's son kind of mindset in me. And I think Port Adelaide will get it done. I think the Blues are a show here. I, l- I like them at the line. Whether they can win or not, I think they can get within a goal of Port Adelaide. And I just go back to that game. It was one of the most amazing games of the year last year. Robbie Gray rolling them with that after the siren shot from the... It was after the siren? It was after the siren, wasn't it? From the ba- from the boundary at the Gabba, I think that game was. Crazy game. Even though the power probably should have put them away earlier in the quarter. And they've lost a bit of quality to Port Adelaide. So... Again, I might be wrong, but I think this one will be tight. I'm going to go for the Blues to cover that line, five and a half points. At the same time that game is being played, Jano, there's the Joe Danaher Cup taking place between the Brisbane Lions and Essendon up north at the Gabba. 7.25 Saturday night. Big game for the Lions. And I guess we get to find out a little bit more about their want, their intent, which, which in the main probably hasn't been there yet this year. So... The line at uh, play up is Lions, 24 and a half points. Yeah, I think they'll smash that. I think this is 10 goals for Brisbane. A very, blowout. Yeah, very confident up there. It's time that they got serious. I think they've been a little bit uh, semi-slow, a little bit soft around the footy. And and uh, I just don't think that's something that the coach would stand for. And I expect a big number three on the whiteboard there this week. And what I mean by that is you want to see Brisbane win three contests in a row. Start in the centre bounce, you win that, you get it forward, win a contest, the ball spills, you win another one and you score. Uh, the Gabba's a great ground for, for strong centre bounce strategies. You get maximum benefit when you um, mm. are strong in that area of the ground and you can lock it in your half. Um and with Essendon, now, I love what they're doing. I love their young players. I hope that they don't get overcoached. Um, you know, just let them settle in a position and learn their game, learn their craft this year. I feel like expectations aren't overly high on the Bombers this year. You know, they were a few years ago mm. with the message they were selling. But for now, um, you know, i just like to see these young players who are just – they look outstanding. Every player that I see for that team, I just think he's a good player. He's a good player. So don't overcoach them. Um, let them learn the game at their pace this year. And for Brisbane, it's time to get serious and, and really uh, put them to the sword, I think. And I expect Brisbane to get it done in a big way. I wonder if there's anything to be said for just getting back home as well, back in your own bed. It wasn't a long time they were on the road, the Lions, but there's got to be a bit of a feel-good factor about getting back to the city of Brisbane, I would assume. Everything's a little bit, I'm a bit of a homebody, so uh, everything's a little bit easier at home. And um, I just think that, yeah, I think it's just time with Brisbane. At some point, you've got to flick the switch. And and what are they, second, third, bottom on the ladder? That's not good enough for a team of this quality. And uh, I just expect a really big showing for them this round. Joe Danaher did speak during the week on facing Essendon for the first time. Let's have a listen. It is Essendon the next week, and um, that's really exciting. It's going to be a really enjoyable experience for me. I, I think um, you know a few of my teammates will really enjoy the experience and enjoy the week, but um, it might be something that um, I look back in retrospect and, and look back and say, how enjoyable was that? But um, you know, for the time being, for this week, it's all just business. Joe Danaher there speaking to the media up at the Gabardines. Text in, when was the last time Richmond lost three in a row and the last time Melbourne won five in a row? Well, Dean, the last time Richmond lost three in a row wasn't as long ago as what I'd thought it was. It's 2019. They lost to North Melbourne, Geelong and Adelaide in consecutive weeks. They then went undefeated for the rest of the season. That was in the middle part of 2019. In regards to the Demons, you have to go back to that 
year they made their run to the preliminary final. So 2018, they won one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row between round six and round 11. So they reached, uh, as we know, a vein of rich form in 2018 Melbourne and uh, peaked again late in the year when they won uh, a big clutch of games leading into that preliminary final loss, a heavy loss to the West Coast Eagles out west. I hope that answers that for you. Adelaide and Fremantle are in action on Sunday, Craig. It's a bit of an intriguing one, this one. A, a difficult one to get a read on. It's at the Adelaide Oval, 1.10pm, just to muddy the waters further. The line is shallow. It's the Crows minus six and a half. Personnel-wise, Rory Lobb is a chance to return a fair way ahead of schedule, I think, from that knee injury. There's a few concerns over Taylor Walker's availability. He left training today with what appeared to be something of a calf niggle. Tom Lynch only walked laps at training as well. So that'd be a great shame if Tex Walker couldn't take his place in the side. He's been one of the great stories of the early part of the season. Can Fremantle be trusted on the road, though, is my question to you. Yeah, I like Justin Longmuir as a coach. Now, I think I'm finding this game a real battle because both teams have got some strengths and weaknesses. I think this game's going to be a draw. So which is the underdog? I'll a draw? Them. With, who's the underdog? Is it Fremantle? It is. Yeah, so I'll go with them because they get that slight margin advantage. But, <laughs> you know, I think Freo, they're just, you know, their coach is very methodical. They've had 31 shots at goal last week. You know, I like the move they made where Brayshaw went to Mitchell uh, and shut him out of the game when um, things were pretty tight there for a while. Um, they're exploring three tools up forward. So they're still in a little bit of experimenting mode, Fremantle. Um, I thought defensively, uh, they were pretty poor defending marks around the corridor last week. Now, Adelaide are a team that like to take the corridor when they can. Uh, so they've opened things up with their attack. And, and last week, um, you know, they were tested a little bit. They turned a few over in the middle of the ground. So, you know, these two teams, their strengths and weaknesses, and they just balance things out all the way. And I thought round one, Adelaide really ambushed Geelong. Um, but it's pretty hard to sneak under the radar when you've won three games out of four. So I think Fremantle will put some good oppo time into them. And I'm pretty confident that evens oh. things out, but I'm just still going to draw. A draw. <laughs> Tell you what, if it is a draw, we'll cut that out and we will absolutely play it off the top next week. It'll be real Nostradamus stuff. I have to take Adelaide at home. I think they'll win and they'll win by more than six and a half. Frio, I just don't trust them on the road. I think they've shown to be flaky. And uh, I'm going to back in Adelaide, who have uh, who have been good things at home this year so far. Just fingers crossed Taylor Walker can take his place in the side. Brett has just texted in off the temper text. Tex will play. Good on you, Brett. That sounded like a bit of take it to the bank. We're building up to St Kilda and Richmond. It's live on AFL Nation from 7 o'clock tonight. Anthony Hudson, Dwayne Russell. I'm a fine guy. Oh, he's a fine guy. And Nick Del Sando in the chair. The fine guy and Hutto and Nicky Dell waiting for you at 7 o'clock. We'll be back after this break. On SEN, The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Oh, the countdown is on to a massive Maddie's match. Tune in to AFL Nation from 7 o'clock. And if you are heading to the game tonight, you've been living under a rock and you're missing the great piece of uh, technology that is SEN Stadium and you want to listen to play-by-play coverage live with no delays, 
Make sure you get SEN Stadium on the SEN app. Download it, connect to the Wi-Fi, and then just click the SEN Stadium tile and life will be bliss at the footy. Two late changes for this game as well for the Saints. Rowan Marshall, Zach Jones out. Dunstan and Hunter in. Ben Long and Jack Ross are the respective subs. And the final teams have been named as well for West Coast's Friday night clash with Collingwood tomorrow night. Witherden, Vardy, O'Neill and Langdon in for the Eagles. Windup, Petrocelli, Jermaine Jones, Liam Ryan, Shannon Hearn, all out for West Coast. And for the Pies, Darcy Cameron, Finn McRae, Mark Keane are the ins, the outs. Sire, Cox, Adams and Will Hoskin-Elliott. Hawthorne and Melbourne, Craig Jennings will dissect next. They're on the Sunday afternoon at the MCG. 3.20, of course. Bailey Fritch is a blow, actually, with that hand injury for the Ds. He'll go in for surgery on that. And also that gruesome eye injury for Stephen May, which was like a scene out of Rocky, wasn't it? We're not going to see him for some time. So Harrison Petty or Michael Hibbard, you would think, come in for him, who's going to be out for a while. Uh, Kaczynski could come back in for the Hawks. And Daniel Howe was listed to have suffered a shoulder injury. Not sure of the severity of that one in the Hawks' loss to Fremantle. So Hawthorne, Melbourne, the line... In favour of the D's, of course, 24 and a half. Just 20, nah, D's by... Just? Nah, 10 goals. 10 goals. Melbourne will win this one very, very comfortably. So, um, I mean, they're big losses. We spoke about Fritter uh, at the opening of the show. Uh, May's a big loss because he's just so competitive. And him and Lever, the way they team up, is really important. But, mm. you know, if you've got Michael Hibbert coming in as one example, potentially... Um, you know, they're in really good shape, Melbourne. Everything they're doing this year, I really like. Um, now, their pressure against Geelong last week was just phenomenal, that forward 50 pressure. And I was watching and I'm thinking, what are Geelong doing here? So for all the community coaches out there, if you play a team that has high pressure in their forward 50, what you want to see is a lot of long handballs, okay? Because you'll see two or three players gang tackling, just get it to the player on the outside. You get your wingers back into defence, and then you've got a release kick where you can find a mark really easily because the opposition winger won't go into their forward 50. So you're able to get some wingers back there to get some extra numbers to find a mark. we we'll use the Western Bulldogs theory. So anytime they come up a team that uh, up against a team that is really high pressure in their forward 50 or really value time in half, they just get the ball to halfway and reset. So they don't care how they get it to halfway. Yeah. They just get it halfway as fast as they can. So, you know, there's some method there for Hawthorne in terms of how to pull Melbourne apart a bit. Clarkson's an absolute genius, but Melbourne have just got so many good players and they're hitting the right game bracket, uh, hitting the right age group. Um, I'm liking everything they're doing. I think they, they win this one, and I think they win it big time. Yeah, they're certainly without the ball is most impressive for mine. Going along and sitting at the top of Tier 4, which I haven't done for years at the weekend, a freezing Sunday, it was just amazing to watch them go to work without the ball. It was diligent. It was discipline. There was intent. There was hunger. There was hunt which we haven't always been able to say about Melbourne for some time without the ball, Jenna. Well, I thought, you know, they were pretty strong in 2018, but this is an enhanced version. And you think of Adam Uze as the midfield coach and there's much more variety in there and creativity. Um, Choco Williams, a lot has been said about what he's brought to the footy club. And then Greg Stafford, people haven't spoken about him. He's the forward coach. And, um, you know, he was the coach of Max Gorn as the ruck coach at that footy club for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I love my conversations on footy with, with Greg Stafford. High IQ, super intelligent. So I've got, you know, I'm just not surprised that those guys are buying into team first footy in that front half or as a whole team. But, you know, the stuff that you see in that forward 50 especially is is really next level. And, and Greg Stafford deserves a lot of credit for that. So you've got a blowout. 
Big blowout. Okay, I disagree. I think the Hawks <laughs> can get within it. I think the Hawks, who have been competitive, no world beaters by any stretch, but I'm backing them. I'm backing them to get within 24 and a half of Melbourne. Given their biggest loss so far this year, admittedly, small sample size, was to Richmond 29 points. They clawed their way back against Fremantle. They were competitive against the Cats, and they got Essendon by a point in round one, of course. So... I like them to potentially, hopefully, get within 24 and a half, although you nearly talked me out of it right there in real time. The last game of the round takes place at GMHBA Stadium. It's the Cats hosting North Melbourne, 4.40 p.m. Sunday. North are about to run into a very different-looking Geelong, it must be said. Paddy Dangerfield's back from suspension. So, too, is Gary Rowan. Brandon Parfitt should be okay after being a laid out last week with a hip problem. Jeremy Cameron, though, set to be made just one more week before making his debut in the hoops. He's had a hamstring injury, of course. The line, Geelong, minus 57 and a half points, Craig Jennings. Let's double that to 114. Very, very comfortable on the case. You're a vicious operator. <laughs> uh, can't wait for Jeremy Cameron to come back and, and play and him and Hawkins, that combination. But, you know, the difference with Dangerfield in that team compared to when he isn't in that team, I, I think is huge. And, and, and North Melbourne are just where they're, they're at. So I remember watching Brisbane well, four, whenever it was four years ago when um, Fagan took over and, and Richmond kept them to one or two goals one day at the MCG, one by a hundred. And, you know, this is just the life cycle of football clubs and they're just going through it at the moment. You know, they were making prelims not too long ago yeah. and now they they'll go through, yeah, they'll go yep. through this and they'll turn it around in the next few years. There's going to be some short term pain though. Will there be pain this weekend? There was, it was a famous game. They still talk of Melbourne supporters, 186. It was the late Dean Bailey's last match in charge. We're not going to be in for another 186. Are we here? Well, it's interesting because, you know, we're talking about the full forwards coming back into vogue and more one-on-ones and so forth. And at some point, we're going to get a 30-goal game because the, the game is opening up. Um, scoring's a little bit easier. So all the rules have sort of um, pushed towards increasing uh, scoring in the game, more intuition in the game with players. So at some point, we are going to get a 30-goal game, which brings you to 180. So we're starting to head towards those, <laughs> you know, a 200-point game is on the cards at some point. Gee whiz. Okay. Well, I like the Cats too, mind you. That's stating the obvious. I don't think North will cover the line. I'm not sure if it's going to get to triple figures. I hope it doesn't for, for David Noble and his team's sake. But, of course, there's every chance that could happen. It could well and truly get ugly. What are you looking forward to for the round? I'll put you on the spot here. Oh, well, the rest of the round? What, what's yeah, a, got a highlight all, for me? Well, there's always a lot. But um, earlier I heard you talking to Harry Taylor before we went on air this morning on the Waitley Show. And um, Harry Taylor and Gab- Gary Ablett yeah. going around the boundaries. Um you know, I love no, that'd both be great. Of them. Yeah. That'll be great. I love players playing against their former sides for the first time. Joe Danaher at the Gabba against his old mob, Essendon. It's a, it's a great occasion for the first time. So I'll be watching for the little things in that game. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for Maddie's match. It's coming up next. We're heading directly to Marvel Stadium now. St Kilda and Richmond. It's live on AFL Nation. Anthony Hudson, Dwayne Russell. That is amazing. I was waiting for it. And Nick Del Santo calling all the action at Marvel Stadium. So don't go anywhere. Get yourself on SEN Stadium if you're heading to the game and listen to it in full crystal clear clarity without delay. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.